Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for the Prime Video original, Invincible Season 2. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be my dad. What if that happens? What if I become him and I don't even know it? Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for today's spoiler-free superhero review is one of my co-hosts who looks fantastic in capes, if I might say so myself. Oh, thank you. Uh, Mr. Nate Shelton, how are you, dude? Dude, I know they're supposed to be, like, the bad guys, but I want a Viltrumite mustache so bad. Like you notice, they're all all of them have the Tom Selleck. Like I think Tom Selleck might actually be a Viltrumite, and we just don't know it. Or he was the you know source of inspiration for the Viltrumites. But yes, <laughs> Tom Selleck. Uh, was it the it almost of seems like the mustaches are sort of a a uh, sense of status in in a lot of ways. Sure, maybe like the strongest of the male Viltrumites have those mustaches. The best best mustaches that look good. And if your your mustache amazing. game is weak, then you're like, oh, you're a weak <laughs> Viltrumite. You're not you're not one of them strong ones. Dude, um, I would be the weakest. <laughs> dude, I'm I'm so excited uh, to be talking about uh, Invincible. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, uh, this time though, actually officially on the podcast, because uh, last time you and I were uh, fans uh, enjoying the show, and this time around, thanks to our friends at Prime Video Canada, uh, we've been gifted four episodes, the four episodes of this this first part, which we'll get into. But before we start talking about that, I, I wanted to know, you know, it's been since what 2021 when season one dropped. Uh, there's there's been a lot of time in between. I, I wanted to maybe rewind the clocks here a little bit and just think, you know, when we were watching season one, what was something for yourself that was your biggest takeaway as to why you enjoyed Invincible season one? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and this might be kind of a, a bit of an obvious answer, but I think what drew me into it was um, after so much Marvel content, I think a, a lot of people like myself were ready for something different in that space, in the, in the superhero genre space. And I think the boys... Uh, definitely fulfilled something for me there in live action. Um, but Invincible quickly, you know, came in to kind of give me the, almost the the more nostalgic vibes, but at the same time, give me that something new that's dark and, and you know, in the animated space. And I think for me, that was kind of like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I love the boys, but now I get to sort of relive some of those childhood Saturday mornings um, but as an adult and, and watching these, this show that has such wonderful adult themes to it, not just the violence. Um, but I think, yeah, that was kind of like the, this little, the little special kick. And it was that one, two punch of, of the boys into this that just really, really worked so well for Amazon. Yeah. Kudos to Amazon for actually leaning into the more mature superhero stories, because I, I think you're totally right. I think what worked really well for Invincible season one is that you do get this very traditional hero's discovery story mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Mark, Invincible, discovering his powers, learning to train. Um, but at the same time, you get to see uh, sort of the, the polar opposite of, of what a hero looks like in his father. Um, 
you know, we are going to be talking about season two in a spoiler-free capacity, but uh, season one has been out for a while, and I imagine yeah. if anyone's here listening spoiler to season warning. two, <laughs> you're going to be one. you're going to hear some stuff from from season <laughs> season one. So, you know, the the idea too of you know the first episode really setting the bar of who the villain is and and Omni Man being that, and you know, as you mentioned, you can't help but draw parallels between this world and Invincible and the world that we know that is the MCU and even mm-hmm. DC, because sure. you can't look at the character of omni-man and not think of superman like Mm -hmm. it's kind of built into the dna so this becomes this like what if superman actually came and conquered earth um well Mm -hmm. this is this is kind of what it would look like what that story would look like um but obviously there's there's a lot more there to unpack he has a life on earth he's made a life he's has a has a child and 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 is happily married um so you have that but then you also have this this colorful world of of Avengers slash Justice League, more Justice League in my opinion. A lot sure. of these characters symbolize a lot more of a, a Justice League tone, but the level of parody in it uh, isn't unfamiliar to something like you were mentioning, like The Boys, where they mm-hmm. parody off of the idea of superheroes, um, and they're not afraid to go dark and bold. And you know, they do have you know, Amazon has a show like The Boys, which is live action that leans into the gore and the the violent action. Um, what's crazy is that, you know, animation and the animation side, they're not afraid to do the same thing. Um, yep. And as we know, it, you know, while some may associate animation as the Saturday morning cartoon uh, mentality, because that's how we grew up, it, it, it is now perceived as uh, a medium that just allows you to do more and tell more uh, of a story. And, and I think it, that's what season one really stood out for me is, is how they leveraged animation to tell this, you know, epic story. Um, and and give it the weight and the and the sense of um, seriousness and maturity that it deserves because you're dealing with family drama, you're dealing with high school drama, you're dealing with this idea of heroes versus heroes and villains and this crazy world. Um, it, it's it's so wild. So season one was a definite uh, intro into this world, and I'm so excited that we're we're talking about season two today. Well, and I mean, I think it's that that aspect of you know I mentioned the Saturday morning cartoons, but also just like the sense of you, you still have that relatability uh, like an X-Men, right? Or a Spider-Man. Um, but, but we get to sort of see wholeheartedly what happens when the heroes not only lose, but also have to come to terms with the loss around them. And I think that's another really unique aspect with this show is that like, you know, in, in the boys, yeah, we do get a, a bit of that, but there is still very much this sort of... Um, uh, villain side to the heroes of the boys. Whereas here we kind of really get to see, you know, mistakes matter. Uh, and, and the mistakes that these well, characters I, make, even if they're trying to save the world matter. And I think that's one of the biggest things with this season. It's, it's gritty, it's dark, it's grounded. Uh, and it's just, I think the second season is just continuing that, um, you know, kind of to another level. Well, if, yeah, I think season two, definitely tackles grief a lot more and 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 we'll get into that uh, in just a sec but before we get into the synopsis and the cast list i just want to pause for a second and remind our listeners that we here at geek centric support the sag after as they strike to get the contract that they deserve uh you know as we'll discuss today without those actors and those voices we wouldn't have fantastic characters that we adore and we root for and we even hate sometimes uh those actors deserve a fair contract that reflects today's growing industry changes uh and we're thrilled 
thrilled that the WGA has successfully gotten the contract that, that they bargained for. Uh, so we hope that the SAG-AFTRA will reach an agreement uh, with the studios in the coming days, because it seems like at the time of recording this, uh, conversations have been going well. So mm-hmm. they might be rounding the corner uh, on a deal. So we shall see. But let's get into the synopsis. Invincible, based on the groundbreaking comic book by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley. The story revolves around an 18-year-old Mark Grayson, who's just like every other guy his age, except his father is, or was, the most powerful superhero on the planet. Still reeling from Nolan's betrayal in season one, Mark struggles to rebuild his life as he faces a host of new threats, all while battling his greatest fear, that he might become his father without even knowing it. This stars Stephen Yoon, Sandra Oh, Zazie Beetz, Gray DeLees, Chris Diamantopoulos, Walton Goggins, Jillian Jacobs, Jason Manzukis, Ross Marquand, Harry Payton, Zachary Quinto, Andrew Rannells, Kevin Michael Richardson, Seth Rogen, and of course, J.K. Simmons. Invincible Ooh. will be available exclusively on Prime Video. The first half of its eight-episode season will premiere on November 3rd with new episodes airing weekly. Following a mid-season hiatus, the second half of season two will premiere in early 2024. Now, as I mentioned, a very warm thank you to our new friends at Prime Video Canada, who were kind enough to share the four episodes of season two, part one, with us, mm-hmm. uh, so we can share our thoughts uh, and, and get you our review early ahead of its release this Friday, November 3rd. Um, as we were discussing, we really enjoyed season one. We are going to be talking about season one with spoilers, but season two, 100%, no spoilers. We will be referencing, I, I might reference some stuff from the, the trailers. I don't know if Nate will as well. So if you haven't even seen the trailers and you want to go in completely blind, then I probably would uh, advise to stop and maybe check out the first episode. But that <laughs> said, um, I usually like to give us a little bit of a, a structure here. So I'd like to kick things off with uh, initial thoughts. We'll get into performances and then we'll uh, wrap from there with our score and final thoughts so initial thoughts uh as you were mentioning nate this these four episodes continue the trajectory of what made season one so great uh staying in this world of oddball heroes and villains uh with very uh mature themes feeling gritty feeling uh very um intense at times um but also there's a new level of grief, a new level of, as you were describing before, which I think is very much the theme of this season, uh, coping with one's actions and understanding one's actions as a hero. I think we see that sort of unfold, uh, you know, for Invincible, for Mark, as he kind of reels over what happened in Chicago at the end of of, of season one. Um, and we see it in, in other ways for other heroes uh, along the way. And I think that this is... This is very much where we start to tap into the the human aspect of these heroes, uh, which which really makes them tick. Um, even for a character like uh, Robot, uh, who uh, you know predominantly was uh, a sentient being and ends up cloning himself in an accurate form, he's starting to know, negotiate his own feelings and understanding the concept of how he he thinks. So, you know, emotions are new. So it's really great to see these characters evolving. Uh, sort of moving into the next step and 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 maybe seeing a little bit more of of the the emotional toll that being a hero has. Yeah, there's a there's a significant focus on uh you know crisis of identity, which mm-hmm. isn't something that's necessarily new, new to no. the superhero genre, but I think mm-hmm. the way that they handle it 
uh, this season is is really really well done. And as you said, it's spread across you know multiple characters. You've got you know Mark trying to deal with you know what happened and the mistakes that he made and how he doesn't want to become his father. You've got uh, Debbie, you know his mom dealing yeah, with who's not even the, his hero, yeah, right. And she's like she's like my husband's gone. My life was a lie. Uh, <laughs> and you've got Adam Eve, you know, kind of really dealing with the concept of she doesn't want to to continue being a, a superhero but she still wants to do good and what does that look like for someone who doesn't want to be a traditional superhero so i think it's really um it's really fantastic the way that they are kind of taking that trope and and utilizing it um i love that in these first you know sort of this first part these first four episodes it already feels like we've gotten so much story in just four episodes and not in a way that's overwhelming but in a way that like i i will just highlight i will say episode three might be my favorite it had me checking my watch at times just to sort of because of how full it felt uh and i will remind you listening that if you're watching these episodes credits when they start that doesn't really mean anything okay like you might get credits literally halfway uh through an episode to make you think that that it's over but it's just trying to let you know that part of the story in that episode uh is over and uh and i love that we're we're following more than just Mark this season. And I know it kind of felt like, yes, there was more of an ensemble. There, there definitely was an ensemble cast in the first season, but I really do feel like we are kind of getting a, a, a richer story behind Mark, uh, a richer story for his mom um, and Adam Eve, and especially with the Adam Eve, you know, standalone thing that we got from Amazon. I think it just helps to enforce her storyline even more uh, within these first four episodes. So I'm, I'm just, I'm loving how much we're getting uh in just four episodes yeah it was really it was nice that you know prime video decided to put out a uh i guess spin-off if you will side yeah. story for for an Eve appetizer to kind of, <laughs> yeah to kind of fill in that void because you know it, it helps uh to kind of carry us into into this season um while also just kind of loosely filling some gaps but um yeah i think that the the this season and these four episodes, you're absolutely right. There, there's a lot going on. There's, you know, again, from the trailer, there's multiversal stories. There's mm -hmm. stories of grief. There's stories uh, that obviously are going to take place in space and in other planets. And, you know, uh, there's Alan the alien and, and all of these things. And again, to your point, it's not overwhelming. But I will say it, there's so much that I don't know what exactly the direction will be what the next part is going to leave on the table for season three and what it's going to resolve is, is my biggest, is my biggest question because there, these four episodes do introduce a lot of cool elements that again, don't feel overwhelming. It's just interesting threads that are now spinning off because season one was so hyper-focused on, on Mark and Omni-Man and, and, and Nolan and, and the father-son dynamic. And, you know, we're introduced to the whole world of Invincible. You know, we, we learn about the, the guardians of the globe and the sense of heroes and villains that exist. So season one served as very much like an introduction that gave a sense of structure. Here it feels like we are opening the doors now more to the other elements in this world that are going to matter a lot more. But at the same time, as much as I, I do feel you on that, but but I'm also kind of like really excited and, and happy about the fact that they are opening it up so much because even though I can wholeheartedly say after these four episodes, I don't think they're going to be re resolving all of this stuff within the next four episodes. It just makes me excited for a, a season three. Um, I think one of the things that I'm I'm really digging with the story, though, is that like 
as you mentioned, you you brought up the concept of multiversal stuff that that is in the trailer. Um, and I think there's so many elements that, again, they they feel uh, a bit parody. Um, they feel like they are pulling from, you know, different aspects of the the MCU. But at the same time, you know, I, I, you know, granted, I mean, the story was written in 2003, you know, up to 2018. So who's to say that maybe these multiversal things aren't just showing up? you know now be it's not necessarily inspired by what's going on in the MCU but it's something that just maybe works for them to highlight this this uh this season i think it's it's relevancy it's not a new thing for these comic book stories to involve multiversal qualities they've been they've been doing multiversal stories for years and years and years in the comics so for them to find their way on the big screen in some of these larger stories like the mcu like the flash like spider-man no way home like even everything everywhere all at once also right so it's a very relevant time to tell stories of multiversal quality capitalizing on it like you said and parodying it to a certain yeah. degree i really do enjoy and i think that that's that's what this show does really really well is it's it riffs and parodies off of things that we've already seen from Marvel Comics, the MCU, or even the DC Extended Universe, it's all free game. Like, there's this one character, and I, I can't remember his name, but there's a, a Doctor Strange dog figure, which is, like, <laughs> yes. so wild, right? Like, it's just it's yeah. so obvious that his look and feel was totally inspired by Doctor Strange, and they just put a dog head on him. So it was, it's wild. No, I love him. I love him. Um, I think... Uh... I think that that and to your point on that, I love that this show um, it takes those aspects and moves into a different direction. But I also really enjoy that you can have your cake and eat it too. And what I mean by that is it's it's so elevated from the animated shows we grew up with. Uh, in that, like you know, we we get moments of of exploring you know dark and disastrous themes of this world and the trauma felt by mark and 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 his mom and but then we also get like undersea giant monster fights and characters like the lizard league or or moments with doc seismic and the shapesmith like it's it's that wonderful sort of balance between the the crazy adult themes and the the sort of silliness that we love from those animated properties that we grew up with Sure. Yeah, it has a level of of comedic slapstick humor to it as well, right? <laughs> yes. To a certain degree, but um yeah, I think you're right. Like it's it's striking that balance and that balance with a a story about Mark, but a story about the world that Mark is a part of as well. Mm -hmm. Um I think that the the four episodes very much do that successfully. Um you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like anything is out of place. Um I think it all matters. It's just like I was saying before. I, I'm I'm interested to see what will matter in the following four episodes, um, and what's left on the table for season three, and what will get resolved. Um, but that said, you know, stylistically, uh, yeah. another aspect that I absolutely love is is this hybrid American anime animation style that feels so conventionally familiar to some of the great hero-based animated shows that we've seen come out of. America, but there is a attention and focus to some of the anime aspects and sort of the fight sequences and the choreography and the way camera angles are treated. Uh, it's you can see that anime has definitely influenced the look of the show, and that's such a constant from last season. Like I absolutely loved the look of the fight sequences and, and the world building elements that 
are on display in every episode and in a lot of ways it's clear that this this style and the look really does elevate that mature level of this show to a place where it's confident and it takes itself seriously um you know we, we've we've been blessed this year with crazy animation some of it being very groundbreaking but this isn't like a, this isn't about groundbreaking animation this is about using animation to help elevate the story and tell the story in a way that allows them the most flexibility to really bring things to life could you imagine trying to do this show uh or in any capacity as, as a live action it just would be way too costly yeah for what they would and you know it just wouldn't be done right with with the way budget restrictions would probably be for cgi so again using the animation as a way to elevate that story experience flawless perfect perfect execution yeah i think the closest comparison visually that i can give it and i from coming from me as such a big fan of this this series it had four seasons in, two, in the year 2000 uh, was X-Men Evolution, I think is the closest look to it um, that I can find. And I just think it's, I think where it really shines for me, and it did in season one, it did in the Adam Eve show uh, or movie or spinoff or whatever that was. Uh, and here again is the fight choreography. They take the way that they can take original characters, but also characters that obviously are inspired and parodied from other heroes that you might already know, but make them move and fight in such unique ways, the ways these characters use their powers in ways that you wouldn't anticipate or haven't seen before is absolutely fantastic. And I, I love seeing moments of like, like characters like Duplicate um, is such a, you know, obviously Multiple Man is, is a character that's been around, but seeing the way Duplicate uses her powers to take down a larger enemy and, and work as a team with just herself or um, characters like, like Adam Eve that I think is probably one of my favorite characters to watch in combat, the way that she's able to just use such an original power of creating something out of nothing or, or, or shifting the, the atoms of something is just phenomenal and they, bit, they all it's move. a bit like green lantern right green sure. lantern's powers are similar to that but, so. but i've never to me i've never seen green lantern do some of the things that adam eve does in this show and sure. i think i think it's just more of what i love from that first season continuing uh mm. into this season and i just i think that's where the animation really does shine for me 100 percent, i couldn't agree more um well, clearly we're feeling great about this show thus far. Um, let's let's start talking about these performances before we, we get into wrapping things up here. So uh, as I mentioned, there is a lengthy, lengthy cast Huge. list here and it's it's massive. And that's not even the entirety of the cast. Uh, we do have some special guest stars, which uh, has been documented. You know, this season we are welcoming uh, Tatiana Maslany, David Diggs, Peter Cullen, Cliff Curtis, Peter Calista Cullen, dude, Calista Flockhart, <laughs> Sco Scoot McNary, Liam Thompson, Sterling K. Brown, Angstrom Levy, and Ben Schwartz. Uh, and then that's to go with the cast that I already outlined. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, to hear Peter Cullen's voice show up here, pretty iconic. Uh, it was like immediate, oh, that's Optimus. Uh, not a problem. Uh, ben Schwartz, again, he's one of the voice actors. When you hear his voice, you're like, that is 100% him. He has there done he yeah. a lot of animation. Um, but I, I gotta, I'm gonna call out uh, Steven Yeun. Um, the dude is, is, is fantastic as an actor. Um, and he really brings, and he translates 
his acting ability so well through voice um and it's it's just it's hand he, he it's, it's great it's it's some of the it's more acting than it is voice acting if you will there's there's not a character that he's putting on he's 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 really riffing on i think his own internal emotions and and, and kind of putting himself in the character's headspace and you hear that through his voice and, and the confidence and you know how he how he reacts to things and you know how he gets angry even you know it's it's fantastic so yeah he's 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 so well he does such a good job in the show yeah you can feel the you can feel the emotion in his line delivery like yeah. as you said when he's angry or when he's frustrated or when he's like straight up just bewildered by what he's experiencing because there's moments where he's just like what the you know what is going on and and you can feel that right alongside with him i think if i do ever get around to reading the comics i i don't think i'd be able to hear any other voice than than his um as mark grayson um i think for me a huge standout and we were already talking about her character but i think sandra O oh, as debbie grayson um we get a lot more of her this season and she is she is showing, you know, when we talk about the human side of the effects that superheroes can have on a person, she is, she that, is getting yes. to to sort of live that. And and we really get to explore her dealing with the ramifications of, of you know, sort of, you know, even even after everything that's happened, she's still trying to have a normal life with her son. And it's it's heartbreaking. And and you get to see her suffering and they 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 really show it. And I think it's delivered phenomenally uh through her voice performance that just it just delivers and brings like that that maturity uh for a genre that's already explored so many different themes but here we really really get to see how it affects the human side uh of the people surrounding these these heroes and i just sandra oh come on come on yeah Unreal. so good yeah um Zazie Beats. Uh, yes, I, lo I love I loved her in, in season one. I think she's absolutely she's she's great in this season. She obviously has a lot more perspective, knowing the the truth about Thank Mark's, Mark's uh, life. And you know, even in season one, it was like, oh well, I already knew, mm -hmm. right? Uh, just because of how weird he was acting, and she was able to accept it. Um, you've called her out numerous times, and she's definitely uh, someone that is is uh, a highlight from this these these four episodes. And that's Adam Eve, uh, Jillian Jacobs. She is also uh, sort of matching Stephen in that you know you hear that sense of emotion coming from her line delivery uh, of when she's angry or when she's really feeling a moment or when she's scared. Like there's there's these the voice acting in this is 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 very 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 good. So good. So good. Wow. I think, um, you know, I think it, it and we've it, I don't think it's a spoiler to say. I mean, the whole cast kills it. Um, I love that you mentioned that with Zazie um, and, and with Amber, we get to sort of see uh, more of her and, and also get to uh, she's unlocked, essentially. Right. We, we yeah. get to see her have these these true interactions with these additional characters uh, and with Mark, of course. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that executive producer Seth Rogen returns as Alan the Alien uh, and delivers, I would say, probably my favorite moment of this season so far. I think he's he's fantastic, <laughs> and it's such a different character than we're used to seeing from Seth Rogen. There's still a little bit of that sort of... Um, you know, from season one, we had that wonderful uh, in the finale, the sort of sit down with him uh, and Mark ha and him having that conversation without, you know, actually speaking uh, and, and through their minds and whatever. But and, and there is that sort of level of relaxed that he does have at times that you would expect from a Seth Rogen character. But at the same time, 
He's just so different. And I, and I think that's the other aspect of animation. You know, you called out, Justin, earlier the idea that they can do so much more with animation. These actors get to play characters that we would have never really expected, um, which I think is another wonderful aspect of this being an animated show. For sure. Yeah. And also even just the idea, too, that there's, you know, like there's such a honesty in terms of casting the voice and having the character be somewhat. Uh, in relation to the the voice actor. But to your point, Alan the Alien is obviously a very unique character. Um, mm-hmm. And to have someone like Seth Rogen voice that character is 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 great. And yeah, he's uh, definitely a highlight for, for these four episodes that, that delivers. Um, if I could also just, I know we're talking about voice actors, but in terms of things we hear, I do want to shout out John uh, Pisano, who is the composer for this series, who's just giving an excellent score. I think um, he just gave us a phenomenal score for Insomniac Spider-Man 2, um, which he does, uh, you know, I, the themes are still ringing in my head from playing it. But this guy knows how to write for superhero stories, and this season is no different. I think and every single time you get the the slap of the, <laughs> the Invincible title card uh, and the theme comes in, you feel that rush, you feel that, like, sort of let's go energy. And, uh, yeah, I think John is just doing a, a great job as well. Yeah, I again the the entire production itself. There's just such a commitment to getting it done right, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, I, we we loved season one, and it seems like season two is is definitely that of a, a, a great continuation. Was there anything that that didn't work for you, Nate? Like, no. is there any any issues? Okay, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, I totally get you. I I think I feel the same. Um, with with that in mind, though, let's 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 move into giving our final thoughts. Uh. And our score, which will be on a scale of one to five alien insect beings. Whoa. Um, yeah, so okay. one to five alien insect beings. Um, I'm glad yeah, you didn't say, be... like, dead people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, will, I, I will preface, obviously, this, this score is in relation to just part one. Yes. Uh, this, these first four episodes, uh, just our, our overall feeling, how we felt. Um, so, yeah, final thoughts and score. Nate, go ahead. Well, I, yeah. So four episodes in, I, as I was saying, I can't think. I can't think of anything I didn't enjoy about these four episodes this season so far. Other than the only thing is, I just want more. And I know that's that's not something that that you can really complain about. It's great when you want more, uh, and I know they're going to deliver. Uh, I think that's you know we, we get a lot in these first four. 40 minute, you know, long episodes or 40 minute, 40 something minute long episodes, but they, they, they set up so much. We have to wait till next year to, to see the rest. And I'm already just, I, I can't wait. It's so damn good. Um, it's just, it's everything you loved about the first season, but now, you know, kind of like Amber, it's, it's now opened up in a way that we really get to see these characters and we get to sort of see how they deal with loss, the ramifications of what lies ahead of them, the, the, the you know, identity crisis that they, that they all have. Even a character, uh, a certain, you know, well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a certain character uh, that I was not expecting to be following their storyline this season. And it's super interesting. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, I think we got, you know, we even do get a bit of a, a bottleneck episode inside of another episode that is is somehow still so rewarding despite the fact that it's stuffed inside another story um we get some fantastic twists that will have you scratching your head and and begging to see the rest this is this is the saturday morning cartoon for everyone who grew up with saturday morning cartoons grown up and it's it's dark 
bloody, and deep. Uh, and I can't wait for the next four episodes. I'm giving Invincible Season 2, if you haven't already realized. Uh, part 1, uh, a very solid 5 out of 5 alien insect beings. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I think the series, again, continues to masterfully blend intense action and complex character developments, creating, I think, an overall just a captivating and an emotionally charged narrative perspective that lives in the realm of animation. I think that I really love about this. Uh, what sets it apart is obviously the idea, as we were talking, the show's ability to sort of subvert superhero tropes, uh, which gives us these shocking twists like the end of episode one and, and season one, um, and, and challenging moral dilemmas. And I think the show continues to do that with richly layered characters uh you know th their their growth throughout season one into season two has me excited for what's next in their journey um and, and the voice acting featured uh by this entire cast is is so well done with performances that really just highlight the emotional resonance that each of these characters are going through um as I was talking about before, the, the animation style is striking, and I absolutely adore that they've kept a consistent look from season one to season two that just makes it so vibrant yet, you know, and spectacular with great attention to detail in terms of the world building elements. Um, and, and the fight sequences are just so dark and bloody and intense that they feel like R-rated versions of Dragon Ball Z uh, to a certain degree. Like they're just they're so violent. Um and I love that. So, you know, again, I don't think this show is is afraid to explore the the, the, the thought provoking themes and its willingness to sort of push boundaries and and subvert expectations and keep things dark, um, and 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 really change what people think of the superhero genre. And I feel like season two just continues that so well and it had me excited for part two i'm i'm definitely excited and to your point nate i'm i'm excited for what can happen for a season three even yeah. um i want to see more um it's just storytelling at its best showcasing what is possible uh for from animation as both entertaining and just profoundly thought-provoking at times just in terms of how it really wants to go about talking about these heroes and the dilemmas and the sense of emotion that this season uh has has started with it's 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 very 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 good uh episode four for sure is going to be people Woo. are gonna like, i think even Freak kirkman's out. kirkman said like people are gonna need to like take a break after <laughs> episode four so yeah uh it's definitely you know it was nice that this two-part mentality was designed in a way that is to allow the audience to sort of sit with it but that said we got to keep going here right like we can't like this was a big gap and you know we were talking about it offline COVID probably played into that actor's schedule i'm sure played a huge part in that uh you know the animation studios and and whatnot their efforts this isn't easy stuff to turn out we we understand that um but when something is working and you put a really big gap in between the first and, and second you know you want to you want to strike when the iron's hot if i, I think that's the that's the term right mm -hmm. so it just feel it feels like there was a big lapse here and we're we're catching up and i just hope that keeps going you know with the trajectory of getting these out in you know within a year and a half you know what i mean not like two years or longer but like a year and a half let's get you know another you know full eight episodes out uh that that still has the attention to detail in terms of writing um but yeah i'm with you i'm giving this a five out of five because this is this is just some top tier badass in your face storytelling 
done with some incredible animation. And if you were a fan of season one, you are going to enjoy season two. Uh, it is bloody. It is vulgar. It is everything you loved about season one. So, yeah. Yeah, and and um, just to your point about sort of the the length of time in between, uh, I would recommend, I, I rewatched the finale going into this. I might even recommend going so far as to saying if you have the time, watch the first season and then go into get started with these four episodes as they start to come out. Well, just on that note, Prime Video did post a uh, season one recap. It's an eleven-minute video. Okay, that's not. Um, that's so not if you bad. watched, if you watched season one and you don't want to necessarily go back and watch it all, uh, it definitely gives you a Coles notes of it. I'll tell you what, I'll put it in the show notes. There we so go. You have it there. We'll do the work and for you. Can, yeah, we'll we'll put it there. So then that way, might as well. It makes makes a lot of sense. Jeez. Um, but that's it for a spoiler-free review for Invincible season two. Again, a huge thanks to our friends uh, at uh, Prime Video Canada, uh, who were kind enough to give us these four episodes. We enjoyed our time with it, as you can clearly hear. And uh, Invincible does drop uh, on Friday. Remember, it is the first half of an eight episode season so this is part one part two will be coming out uh later in early 2024 um weekly episodes so for the next four weeks you're gonna get it and that's the other thing it's gonna be interesting to see what the dialogue is online uh with with twitter and uh, what people are talking about so it's it's exciting it's definitely exciting um but yeah that's it uh we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did feel free to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and hey if you wouldn't mind you know there might be a little option there to write a review or please give us do. a five star please do feel <laughs> please we would love to know hey if it's not working for you let us know. <clears throat> we would love to hear some feedback. Um, and you can do that. And if you want, you can write into us uh, at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on the app formerly known as Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric and threads at wearegeekcentric. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of great episodes out right now. Like our most recent spoiler-free review for David Fincher's latest film, The Killer. Uh, we also have spoiler-free reviews for The Goosebumps, episodes one to five. Uh, we wrapped our watch club for Ahsoka, so if you're still catching up on that, we we got that. Um, we also have our spoiler-free review for, Mar uh, for Marvel Studios Loki season two, episodes one to four. Um, but we will be posting our spoiler-filled discussion tomorrow uh, for for, uh, for our listeners so that they'll be able to enjoy and get ready uh, as we talk about all things Loki because everyone's been talking about it and we got the the first four episodes uh, on a spoiler free basis and now that we're all caught up we're ready to chat about uh, these last four episodes so it's going to be a good time um we also have a bunch of interviews uh, available both on podcast feeds and on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric, like my latest interview with Dan DeLue, director of Loki episode two season, uh, Loki season two, episode two, uh, as well as I'll be posting uh, our my interview with director Kasran Farani uh, of episode three and costume designer Christine, which will also be on YouTube and on podcast feeds uh, as of tomorrow. But we got so much more in the works. November is going to be very busy leading into the holidays, and then, boom, end of the year. Uh, but until then, Nate, thank you for joining me for this invincible size spoiler-free review. And as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.